This episode is brought to you by KG Productions for Krishna Nose. Om Shri Guru Pyo Namaha Om Shri Ganeshaya Namaha Om Shri Sarasvataya Namaha Om Shri Guru Dattatre Namaha Om Shri Mahalakshmaya Namaha Guru Brahma Guru Vishnu Guru Devo Maheshwaraha Guru Sakshat Parabrahma Tasmai Shri Guru Ve Namaha Shri Guru Sartra Parayan So today we will continue from where we stop that is chapter 2 Power and Glory of Guru Bhakti Yesterday Siddha Yogi was explaining to Navdharat why it is important to have faith? And Namdarak's question was, why was he feeling very miserable? And they were they also introduced the characters, which is Veda Dharma and Deepa. So let us understand what is the story here and what is the essence of this story and how do we evolve on the path of Guru Bhakti. So let us continue. Thereafter, Siddha Yogi started narrating an anecdote from the Brahma Vaivarta Purana to explain the power of Guru Bhakti. In the beginningless times, Brahma Deva created the cosmos and along with it, he also created the four Vedas, the repositories of all wisdom, which enunciate the code of conduct for man for the upkeep of harmony in this universe. He also enunciated the Puranas by way of illustration of the practice of the Vedic Dharma in the day-to-day -day lives of people. He also created the four Yuga, Yuga Purushas assigning to each one of them the rule of each of the Yugas respectively. He does this in each of the Kalpas. Each one of the Yuga Purushas in their respective Yuga has to undertake the responsibility for the upkeep of dharma on earth, for the welfare of all. Each yuga will have its own specific characteristics and special features and Brahma has explained about them in details to each one of the yuga purushas. The purusha of Krita yuga is endowed with pure sattva, sattva guna. The purusha of Treta yuga has sattva and rajas mixed in him, while the people of Krita Yuga are of content, contemplative nature, ever engaged in tapas and contemplating always on the inner self. The people of Treta Yuga resort to external and ritualistic disciplines and austerities, especially of performance of sacrifices, etc., the Purusha of Dwapara Yuga is predominantly Rajasik and always carries bow and arrows in his hands, but even so he is calm and compassionate. The Kali Purusha is possessed with Tamasik traits. The people of Kali Yuga are materialistic who discard all noble values of life. So let us understand this in detail. So what is Brahmadeva has mentioned here? The Purusha of Krita Yuga is endowed with pure Sattva. What does pure Sattva Guna mean? Which means the, the people in the Krita Yuga were full of goodness, love. There was no Rajasik in they were They were not either Rajasik or Tamasik in nature. They were always, you know, uh, abiding by the laws of goodness, the Dharma and everything that was godliness. There was full of goodliness. 
but what happens as the yugas proceed so the deterioration also happens in the way the human beings live and follow how the nature you know how do they behave what kind of moral values they have what is their nature all that matters so let us understand what is the purusha of different yugas come to do and what kind of dharma they upkeep so in the krita yuga the purusha is only endowed with sattva guna which means he is filled with goodness so he is god fearing person he has all the good qualities which a human being should have and so there is harmony in this universe there is no disruption so if you if you see if you go back in time and read some of the life stories of the sages and the saints from the krita yuga you will understand they were all paramahamsas were born realized as well and they had the knowledge about the truth they were they, there was always harmony there has always been harmony in that time in those times and most important they were filled with goodness love they lived and they lived and followed what is mentioned in our veda shastras they were following the dharma to the t the code of conduct was followed very well by them then what happens the purusha of treta yuga has sattva and rajas mixed in him so what happens sattva and rajas which means then the activity comes about see rajasik person is all about activity he is very passionate about things he wants to go conquer he wants to rule the world so the the mix the mixing of the gunas has happened which means there was sattva plus rajas came into existence so it went into the next yuga so the rajasik person is all about oh i want to win i want to rule so the kings everybody came into existence what what does it mean so even if they were kingly so even if they were uh, you know the rulers having the rajasik in nature most important is to establish dharma which means they have to follow the code of conduct to the t but what happens when the rajas comes in the greed strikes and then lust slowly starts getting in and that is when the deterioration of the yuga starts to happen because of we lose our moral values then what happened next why the people of the krita yuga or of contemplative nature ever engaged in tapas and contemplating always on inner self so we are again going back he is explaining what were the people were doing in the first yuga they were ever engaged in tapas so if you look the first yuga it was full of like i said paramahamsas all were the sages and the saints they were you know living a, a very righteous life following the dharma the vedas and shastras they were imparting this knowledge to the next generations that is what they were doing but what happened the next yuga when the rajas came into existence the passion came in the greed came in and lust comes slowly lust also strikes in but it's not predominant but it becomes predominant as the deterioration of the yuga happens so the people of treta yuga resort to external and ritualistic disciplines and austerities so what they did see they would perform all these yagna and if you have so they follow ritualistic disciplines and austerities austerities especially of performance of sacrifices so why was these sacrifices done the sacrifices were done so that they could become rich they could conquer lands they could attain certain you know uh, 
power, different, different purpose. So if you look at the Vedas, the sacrifices are mentioned. So if you do certain particular sacrifice, particular ritualistic activities, you will get certain benefits. So the Rajasik aspect came into existence, passion came in, which means I want to win, I want to have the power, I want to become the greatest king. So all that came about. Then the Purusha of Dwapar Yuga is predominantly Rajasik. So what happened? The Purusha of Dwapar Yuga was predominantly Rajasik. So where he would only want to rule, conquer. So greed came in and what also started coming in? Of course, lust slowly. It was not it was not major, but definitely the aspect of Tamas was to a certain degree, which means there is an element of lust as well. So passion on one side, then that is greed, and then the other side is the lust too started coming in. So what did the Rajasik person do? So he wanted to conquer lands, he wanted to become the most powerful king, he wanted to become a you know, very great king, but that, did that just happen? No. What happened is, the kings also started exploiting the power. See, when Sri Ram was there, you know, what is that he established? He established how to be a righteous king. How to be a, like, even after, you know, learning under the guru and attaining his spiritual being, he had to come back and rule the kingdom. So that is what Lord Sri Ram established, to be a righteous king who follows the dharma to the T. But what happened after that? The deterioration started coming in. And when Lord Sri Krishna was there, we had the Mahabharata war. Why? Because lust and greed become very predominant. They absolutely became predominant. And there, uh, people were fighting with their own kith and kin for wealth, money, women, you name it. So everything went to the toss. So until Lord Sri Krishna existed on the planet Earth, he somehow managed to establish that you know, the balance. But the day he left his mortal coil and, and when went, went away, the Kali Yuga began that day. The day Lord Shri Krishna left this planet or, you know, left his mortal coil, that day the Kali Yuga came into existence. It started, which means that the deterioration is going to be complete. So everything that we live, do, breathe will go out of the window which means we are not going to adhere to the dharma shastras we are not going to be following the path of dharma so the deterioration happens you know now you see how from krita yuga to kali yuga what is the deterioration that has happened so every man is only given into his greed his lust so passion and he wants to go and achieve he wants to enjoy sensual pleasures that is what they are interested in so here it's saying the Purusha of Dwapar Yuga is predominantly Rajasekhan always carries bow and arrows in his hands. But even so, he is calm and compassionate. Yeah, what, what, what did he have? He was calm and compassionate. He was not, you know, um, he was not uh, haughty. He was not arrogant. Yeah, they, the deterioration was that. That you had to be there. You had to just be calm and compassionate. But the compassion didn't exist after a point in time. So the deterioration started happening. What was missing there was we started not living our moral values. So we, we started forgetting the moral values which we have to live. So that is the deterioration it happened. Then comes the Kali Purusha is possessed with tamasic traits. The people of Kali Yuga are materialistic. 
who disregard who discard all noble values of life they are atheist and take to unwholesome and evil practices oh my god you know what does the kali purusha do and what is the dharma he comes here to ensure that you you know go into that path of kali which means when we say path of kali yuga it's uh, it's kali's yuga what it means is the kali purusha's job is to push you towards the downward trend which means you are going to give up your moral values the goodness and every other thing but here is a very powerful explanation when you are the devotee of the guru please remember like lord brahma deva himself will explain to the kali purusha that you cannot disturb or you cannot touch the devotees of the hari guru the guru bhaks are not supposed to be disturbed but what is the weapon that the kali purusha will use he will use one is the the most important weapons are you know sex and greed that is what he use he use that craving in a human being the lust and greed becomes predominant and then the deterioration is very fast so you don't know what hits you and then you are already into that even before you know you have fallen down so that is what the kali purusha comes to do but that is the dharma he is doing see this is kali yuga that is his job so there is nothing wrong in what is doing because that he is only following the uh, the ordain of the divine how the vedas has been established but it is for us to understand the truth and go towards being on the path of sattva alone we cannot give up our moral values the reason why this teaching this we are studying here so that we can live this goodness within us this knowledge about what is righteous what is unrighteous what is the truth when you understand the truth then you will know everything in this world is unreal then you are not going to crave in for sensual pleasures you are not going to get into this bondage you are not going to get into attachment with a worldly life your relationships all that you will stay away and what is being taught here is we have to do our dharma we have to do our we have to serve our purpose but untouched by everything that is happening around just like the lotus leaf how lord shri krishna lives that is how we have to live we have to do our every uh, uh, we have to do all our duties by selflessly which means nishkama karma we have to only just do our job and not get attached to it don't even focus on what is the end result and never take ownership of your action i am the doer you know and don't be attached what is if i do something i need to get some benefit that attachment also you should not have that is what lord shri krishna has very beautifully explained in bhagavad gita he says don't take the ownership of your the doership you must just do alone i am the doer don't even say that the next thing is you are not supposed to get attached to the fruits of your action what is going to be the end result is none of your business so only doing is your deed that to nishkama karma which means selfless service don't bother about why you are doing what you are doing whatever comes your way just do and keep going ahead and always be on the path of dharma alone which means be full of goodness love my krishna guruji will always say see no matter what others do you should never change your good nature which means 
even if somebody is saying something bad to you insulting you or calling you names it doesn't mean you treat that other person in a similar manner on the contrary you have to be good to that person you have to show goodness you have to be have compassionate you have to show kindness and forgiving is extremely important because they are driven out of they are driven by their nature and what is making them become like this is this yuga itself so you can't blame anybody and the kali purusha is doing his job to the t so who is going to be saved the one who is devoted to the lotus feet of the guru the hari guru the bhakts of the hari guru are the only ones who will not be affected why because they are getting the grace of the guru and this knowledge is being imparted to them so when you have the understanding that everything that is happening around is because of this age then you will have the compassion with you you are not going to get upset with what happens with what people say please remember everybody is given to their tendencies fallible human nature and more so this is the yuga itself which makes them become like that so they are ignorant beings so when you have this knowledge you have to become compassionate you need to be lot more understanding forgiving and show kindness show be full of goodness and show love to them give love to everybody in this universe that is what it means so moral values will sink to the lowest level in the kali yuga and the kali purusha will tempt and lead people astray take them away along wrong and evil paths oh my god see what is he doing he is only showing you the wrong path why because that is today that is what the need of the are this is the age of kali so that is exactly what will be done and he is only the kali purusha is only performing his duty remember his duty that is his dharma so he is doing everything right but if you have to be saved you have to hold on to the lotus feet of the guru you have to become the hari bhakt that is the only way out so you be devoted you don't fall into this pit and the kali purusha will tempt and lead people astray take them away along wrong and evil paths people will fall slaves to sensual pleasures and throw overboard all noble values of life we already discussed this so what happens you will get attracted to all the sensual pleasures you are more running outside you are craving to enjoy the material world and you are going to throw away all the noble values what are the noble values we have always been taught to see god in everybody show compassion show compassion be kind to everyone be forgiving you have to be your good self none of these values or whatever we have been taught uh, taught as part of our you know the scriptures the veda shastras the vedas and all the scriptures all those good knowledge is going to be chucked out of the window nobody is going to live them so this is what happens why because you are stricken by greed and lust it is too very dangerous you know uh, uh, too many dangerous weapons which will strike you and it is very difficult to get out of it you don't know what what may happen to you what comes about in a human being when the greed and lust strikes so never get into that and and most important the desires the desires within you are going to play havoc so every desire of you is going to lead you towards your downfall so don't go behind materialistic you know uh, pleasures don't go behind your materialistic wants 
stay away as much as you can. That is what is being explained here. Then craving, cravings of the tongue and passions of sex are two weapons of the Kali Purusha to subdue men. Oh my God, see, we already discussed this. Cravings of the tongue. What are the cravings? I want to eat good food. I want to enjoy. I want to drink. You know, too many things are the cravings of the tongue. And not just that. Tongue has two jobs, right? We also taste and we also speak. And when you speak, you don't speak good things. We always say bad things. So, my Krishna Guruji sometimes will say this, you know, please go clean your mouth, you know, put that all. He'll tell people, why should we always talk bad about anybody? We only have to say the beautiful things, which, which is all about praises, singing the glories of the divine. Say good things about everybody. Don't say anything bad. Why should we first look into the bad aspect of any human being? See, they're all driven by their nature, inherent nature and tendencies and vrittis and covered with ignorance. And the worst part is, we are in the age of Kali. So here we are learning what the Kali Purusha is going to do to you. And the only those people who will be saved and who will be untouched by the Kali Purusha are the devotees and the disciples of the Guru Bhaks or the Hari alone. Lord Shri Krishna alone. None of them else are going to be spared. So we need to become more compassionate. See, this knowledge is not coming to everybody. Those who are listening, you are privileged of this knowledge. But most important is you have to live this. And that is why my Krishna Guruji will always tell his disciples and devotees that please remember, I am not going to hold anyone else responsible for whatever the wisdom or not they might do. But if you having this knowledge are going to do the same wisdom or not, then I am not going to spare you all. Why? Because this knowledge is being imparted to you, not to those. Nobody else is listening to this knowledge, but you are, you know, getting this knowledge, which means it becomes your responsibility to live and adhere to these teachings. That is why it is very important. So we need to become godly. We need to become divine being. It's very simple. It's very easy to be good. Why should we become mean people? There is no need. Let the world do what they want to do. We are not concerned with that. We have to only, you know, be our good self. Lord Brahma, however, had warned the Kali Purusha that he should be very cautious when he approaches people devoted to their Guru. Oh my God, see? He should never try to meddle with and harass people devoted to the Guru. The Guru holds the highest spiritual status, higher than that of even all the gods. And whosoever is devoted to his Guru is ever protected against all odds and harm. So please remember how beautiful this is. So when you are devoted to your Guru and when you are devoted to Lord Shri Krishna, please remember, even Brahmadeva is telling the Kali Purusha, do not harass or disturb them. Don't go and trouble the devotees of the Guru and the Hari, Lord Hari. You are not allowed to do so. You know how beautiful this is? We are all blessed. So please hold on to your Guru's feet. Please hold on to Lord Shri Krishna's feet. Nothing shall befall you. No Kali Purusha will ever come to disturb you. But you know what? The choice is always in your hands. Please remember this one very important thing. The Kali Purusha is not going to disturb. But given that we are in this age, we might have the tendency and the nature which is going to go towards that material worldly enjoyment. That is called desires. And when you have the desires, then you can even be the devotee of the Lord. The downfall is very sure. Let me tell you. See, it's very, it's very simple. I'll explain to you in, in a very simple manner. You know that 
as part of whatever the knowledge has been imparted by which is mentioned in bhagavad gita shrimad bhagavatam uddhav gita or any other scriptures one very important lesson is given do not get into material worldly bondage and most important marriage job every other thing have wanting a children wanting children or any other desire that you might have is always going to lead you to your downfall and it's going to create lot of miseries in your life and there is no way getting out of it you know the very beautiful story of samarth ramdas samarth ramdas parents fixes marriage he was i i can't remember the exact age i think he must be 13 years or 14 years i think that's all his age was you know those days they everybody would get married very early so samarth ramdas maharaj marriage is fixed and in the marriage see he is a maharashtrian so in the marriage they say there's a word they'll put that um, um, i i don't know what exactly they they'll keep uh, cloth you know between the girl and the the groom and the bride sorry the bride groom and uh, the bride and they'll say this word before the actual uh, marriage happens they say the word savadhan okay what does it mean this this it's saying savadhan you know everybody's like get ready now you know you're going to get married but you know what ramdas heard he heard the truth he's like savadhan you run away don't get married which means you're going to get into material worldly bondage that is exactly what hit him and that moment he literally ran out of that wedding hall you know wherever the wedding was taking place he literally ran out of the wedding and ran into the forest that is it he did not get into that material worldly bondage but please remember this is what it means the choice is always left to you the the guru is going to give you the choice it is the, the choice that you exercise is when the destiny unfolds if i choose to get married then the destiny is going to unfold the path which is meant to meant for me in that direction but when i decide i don't want to get married then the destiny will unfold in a different way so every at all times you need to remember this the choice is yours alone whatever the choice you exercise then the destiny will accordingly unfold the path similarly samarth ramdas maharaj ran away at that moment in time and he became the greatest of the masters and who is samarth ramdas samarth ramdas is an avatar of lord uh, hanuman ji himself and he is the greatest devotee of lord shri ram so he went and he attained his spiritual field he became you know great guru and then he taught a very great king like shivaji maharaj became samarth ramdas maharaj's disciple how beautiful is it so life transformed but had he got married then the life would have been something else so this is what you need to understand likewise lord shri krishna has again beautifully explained this during mahabharata just before the mahabharat war was going to start both arjuna and duryodhana come to him so one is lord shri krishna is sleeping at that time so one is uh, duryodhana is sitting at his feet and arjuna is sitting at his head so because krishna opens his eye and sees our duryodhana first he said okay duryodhana because i saw you first you asked me what do you want i have two things which i can give i either you can take my army or you can have me but please remember when you have me i am not going to fight i am not even going to lift the bow and arrow and shoot i am only going to be your charioteer so being duryodhana who he is he asked for krishna's lord shri krishna's army so the choice is something he exercised but arjuna asked for the lord 
And then please remember, where there is Lord Shri Krishna and Arjuna, there is always victory, righteousness, glory, you know, goodness, love, everything prevails. So this is the truth that you need to understand. What is the choice you are going to exercise? The God is, the God is not going to decide for you. So the choice is always left in your hand. And based on the decision that you take, the destiny will unfold. Then please don't ever blame the Guru and the God. Guruji, it is your only doing all of this. Why will the Guru do? Tell me, you think the one who is here come, who is manifested on this planet earth to do good and establish dharma and you know, should guide you on the path of the truth is whether going to tell you go and fall into the gutters? He is never going to say. But please you need to also understand. In Sai Baba's Poti, Baba very clearly explained those who come to me with their desires, I will fulfill that desires. But those who come to me asking for their spiritual meal, I am ever waiting for such disciples. Every guru's aspiration is this. They look for that one disciple, whoever wants their spiritual meal, because they are the wealth of that knowledge. They are Satchidanand. They are the limitless ocean who wants to give. But how many are there to take that knowledge? Can you even take that one drop? No. We are not interested in that spiritual wheel at all. We are only interested in running after our material worldly desires. So the Guruji, knowing your petty human nature, is only going to fulfill your desire. He will accept to it. The gods and the Guru always say tatastu to whatever you seek, whatever you desire from your innermost being. So don't tell that next time, Guruji, you are only getting me married. I, will, I feel like they are giving too tight slaps to such people. Who come and blame the Guruji or the God. God, you are only making it happen. Why? Oh, it is there in my destiny. No, sir. Destiny can be overridden with the grace of the Guru. You need to understand. The reason how it can be done is when you have the grace of the Guru, the Guru can avert the destiny. He cushions the destiny for you. He is not telling you go and fall into that material worldly gutter. He will never say go into that bondage. He is only going to say, you know what, if you do this, this is what is going to happen. Because he knows your past, your present and your future also. He is going to warn you. But even after that warning, if you decide and choose that you want, still want to go into the gutters, that is the choice that you have exercised. Don't, don't, don't blame the God and the Guru. They, you know what they will do? Because of your desire, they will tell, okay, fine, go. Go, you want that? I will grant you. They will say everything. Okay, whatever you wish will come to you. Dashta Siddhi say tatastu. They are not going to say, okay, I, you know, you do this or do that. They are never going to take decisions for you. The choice is what you will make. So always remember, when such a moment arrives in your life, it all depends on you. And at that time, take the right choice. Make the right choice. Take the right decision. Having this knowledge, make the right choice. And that will give you your own wheel. That will lead you on the path of goodness. So when you have this great gurus with you, no Kali Purusha can ever disturb you. But at the end of the day, please remember, you are driven, this human body, we human being are driven by our own desires. And the desires are the root cause of all our miseries. So it is what you make of your life is purely and dress in your hands alone. The Guru's grace will be an impregnable armor around his disciples and devotees. Otherwise, he would be incurring the Guru's wrath and will come to grief and none would be able to help him then. Not even the great trinity thereafter. 
Thereafter, Brahma narrates an anecdote to Kali on the path of Guru Bhakti. So let us now listen to this very beautiful story, which is what is very important for us to understand. On the banks of the holy river Godavari, there used to be once the Angirasa Ashram. In the ashram lived many rishis, ever engaged in their spiritual pursuits. Many young students used to come for learning to these rishis who were very learned in the Vedas and the scriptures and were realized souls. Veda Dharma, son of the great Pailan Maharishi, was one of these rishis. He was revered for his vast learning as well as for his spiritual stature. And as a worthy son of great rishi, he used to have a very large group of students. One day, during his daily discourse to his students, he said, As a man sows, so shall he reap. Ah, very beautiful. This is, a, this is a very important lesson. It's what you sow, is what you reap. No one can escape the bonds of karma. Human birth is a result of his previous karmas only. Please remember this. Whatever the body that you have got is only resulting because of your previous karma. So whatever the birth you have taken, whichever womb that you have come from, whatever the body that you have got are only a resultant of your previous births karmas. Just as the law of cause and effect works in the physical world, the law of karma works in the modern sphere. Every thought, word and deed as it were, is weighed in the scales of eternal justice. Huh. This is very powerful, okay? We don't understand when we say something, do something, or whatever our even thoughts are. We think nothing is happening. We are not performing any karma. But please remember, no matter you think, you speak, you do, the karma is constantly being performed. That is what he says. Every thought, word and deed, as it were, is weighed in the scales of eternal justice. So whatever your actions where all the karma that you have incurred is always weighed when, when you have to leave this body and enter wherever there is that justice, eternal justice is waiting to question you. And at that time, they will evaluate where you stand and what all the things you have done. And then say, now you have to go back and become a cockroach. Because if you have created so many karmas and sins, they will say, that is all the body we will give you. Can you imagine? So how good you must be. And that is what the Guru teaches. The, the spiritual path or spirituality is not about becoming a sannyasi. Please remember, in the, in the Kali Yuga, Lord Sri Krishna never prescribed becoming a sannyasi. All he said is that you have to do your duties, perform your dharma, you perform your actions, born of this body. Whatever the karma is, you have to do it. But you have to do it detached manner. In a detached manner, you have to do nishkam karma. I am repeating this again and again. Why? Because it is extremely important uh, since we are in the age of Kali and we are going towards the destructions. So the only way to save us from that is whatever is being taught here. Every thought, word and deed as it were is weighed in the scales of eternal justice. The moral law is inexorable and inescapable. He then slowly added, As for me too, in my former lives, in my ignorance, I committed many great sins. Can you believe this? The great sage himself is saying this. I have been able to expiate most of them through the severest of penances in this life. 
the only way how the great sages and the saints expiate is they do penance but you know what we in in the in the age of kali forget about doing penance we can't sit for half an hour in meditation our mind talks so much and we want to think too many things there is the point in doing a penance we are not even doing anything there is no sadhana happening by us so you think you can overcome any of the karma and moreover forget about the past in this life itself you are constantly committing more and more karmas how do you overcome that can you imagine so i committed many great sins i have been able to expiate most of them through the severest penances in this life but there is still some prarabdha karma persisting which i cannot escape and will have to suffer and this is an again very important knowledge that you understand i think i've explained even um, when we did sai satcharitra parayan about a little bit about karma where baba says see the prarabdha karma is something that nobody can override override it the gurus can only cushion it they cannot completely mitigate it everybody even the great saints and the sages who are is manifested in that particular body they will also have to go through their prarabdha karma which means whatever that you have come with this life in this life to expiate you have to go and go through that there is no way out of that the only way is through severest of the penance here like the saint is saying but there are some things even he will have to suffer which i cannot escape and will have to suffer the time is now coming for me for undergoing this suffering and i will soon be overtaken by a most dreadful disease which will see me in its grip for a long time for nearly 2 years i need the services of one of you if any of you are willing you will have to constantly attend upon me nurse me and relieve me of my sufferings to whatever extent you possibly can but let me tell you the disease that is going to overtake me is most loathsome and you will not be able to even bear my presence those who have to attend to a diseased person will suffer even more than the diseased person himself with this he stopped and kept silent what could have been the disease at that time see today it is cancer it could be somebody is going to have aids or there could be different different things but at that time the one disease which was the most dreadful was leprosy so let's see what is he saying now no sooner than the guru finished speaking thus one young disciple by name deepak rosa walked to the guru's feet prostrated himself there and prayed he be he be given the chance and privilege to serve the master he said master what greater blessing can there be than serving the master under all circumstances pray give me the opportunity to serve you my god you know literally brings tears to my eyes because it's very rare indeed to find such a disciple because we at the moment when the guru says something like this we all want to escape that out because we don't want to go through suffering see nobody wants to suffer even during those times all the disciples were there except one person came forward and said guruji i want to serve you no matter how difficult it is i will serve you it is very rare to find such a gem please know that like my krishna guruji will always say it is very rare indeed to have with one student who will stand and abide by these teachings who will exactly do you know my dictate who will exactly follow my command because you know the mind comes and the person always disobeys the guru 
they don't want to go by what the guru they don't want to abide by what the guru is saying they don't follow the command of the guru today we are in that age but even remember at this time there are very few students who will say guru ji i want to serve you the aspect of service is still not understood by many people only when you serve the guru ji when you do the service in the ashram when you do seva that is when you you know redeem all your karmas the one way to absolve of all your sins is service unto the lotus feet of the guru doing you know serving his purpose following his orders and doing seva in the ashram that is the highest form of redeeming yourself and overcoming all your karmas vedadharma said that he was setting out on a pilgrimage to the holy kashi as the disease which would be overtaking him could be fatal and that he would like to breathe his last on the banks of holy ganges at the feet of lord vishwanath vedadharma then entrusted to his other disciples to the care of other rishis and he set out to the holy kashi along with deepak there he settled down as kambleshwar on the northern bank of manikarnika in a few days the body of vedadharma was overtaken by leprosy and day by day the disease was spreading fast ravaging the whole body fives made almost a permanent habitation on the source of vedadharma's body putrid and foul odor used to emanate from all over the body hardly could he sleep and he was suffering great agony all the time can you imagine how difficult it is and how tough it must be not only for the guru who suffering right vedadharma but also for deepak to take care of him it's not in everybody's capacity to serve when someone has some disease you need to have the strength the strength the devotion and only then can you be able to serve the guru he grew highly irrit- irritable and peevish and for everything he used to blame deepak he used to treat the disciple very harshly he used to scold him for not cleaning his sores properly and when he was cleaning the wounds he used to flare up and howl that he was causing him pain he used to complain that the food deepak was getting for him was not good but deepak used to bear it all calmly while at the same time he also felt sorry for the agony and served him served his master with absolute devotion can anybody do this can you imagine how great a disciple he is the guru is only putting him through test you need to understand please remember the guru the great masters always look for one disciple who can stand and take forward their legacy they always want to impart that knowledge to them they want to give everything that they have to to the one who can take forward continue their legacy that is why the gurus always test these devotees who can stand that that you know the teaching that path who can take the responsibility who can shoulder it that is what they are looking for and here this was a test for deepak he strove all the time in trying to make the guru as comfortable as possible he himself used to hardly sleep nor used to eat properly and all the time of the day he was attending upon the master catering to his needs the young boy's dedication and love for his guru moved the hearts of even the great trinity can you imagine such a guru bhakti 
My God, in today's day and age, you can't find like this anyone. See, people only come, they only want the grace of the Guru because they want their selfish desires, their petty desires to be fulfilled. They are not interested in serving the Guru. See, the Guru is always going to take the back seat. First is, my mother is sick. I need my mother to be cured, my father to be cured. I want them to be happy. I want to get, I want a new job. I want more money. I want children. The endless desires is what a human being comes and asks the Guru. They are not interested in Guru Seva or Guru Bhakti. They, guru is always last. You know, first their desires, their family, that is what comes. You know, the most important thing that you need to understand, the day you are initiated by your master, you become the Guru Putra or Guru Putri. Your worldly parents don't exist for you. Please remember. But we give more importance saying, I am the body, this body belongs to somebody who has given birth and they are my parents. No. The Guru is your parent. That is why we say, Mata Pita Guru Daivam. What that it means? Guru is your parent. Guru is the God Almighty Himself. And this is the truth. We fail to understand. On the contrary, we think we are doing big, big favor to our Guruji. That's the attitude people show. How sad. One day, Lord Shiva, Lord Vishveshwara, appeared before Deepak and said that he was immensely pleased with his Guru Bhakti and Guru Seva and that he came to him in order to give him whichever boon he might ask for. Deepak said that without, without his Guru's explicit permission, he would not do anything and that he would therefore ask his Guru first as to what he should do and what boon to ask for. Oh my God. Do you see how devoted Deepak is? He's the highest kind of, a, you know, he's, a, he's the topmost level of a disciple. He's the first kind, the highest kind of a disciple. He's not going to do anything without first taking the blessings of his guru or even asking the permission. What is mentioned here? When you are initiated by your master, when you have already been a part of that family, the guru putra, you first take permission from your guru. Not the other way around, telling that, oh, I am going to do something after having done everything. Then you just inform your guru. What kind of a guru bhakti is that? It is the lowest cadder, the gutter level. That is what it is. Here, it's very clearly mentioned. So, guru, even when Lord Shivji is coming, Deepak is telling, no, 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 I cannot give you an answer. I will have to first go and ask my guru. Can you see the, the devotion that he has? Shiva said, then you go and get your Guru's permission for asking the boon. I will be waiting here for you. I shall give you whatever you ask for. Deepak told the Guru about, his, about this and said that he would seek boon from Shiva for the cure of his Guru's dreadful disease. Can you believe? Oh my God, how sweet is that? How, what kind of devotion should Deepak have? He's saying, I don't want anything. He is telling his Gurudev, can I ask Lord Shiva for the boon to cure your dreadful disease and end you of this suffering? Can we ever think like that? No, no, no. You know what will humans do? Oh my God, Shivji is coming. I want more power. I want money. I want wealth. I want this. That is how we human beings will become. We will succumb to our petty desires and mind. And then you know what? We will destroy everything that has been given to us and become an ordinary and below average human being. That is the age we are into. That is how we are into. But here, look at the devotion. The, it's, uh, you know, yesterday I was telling you how Ramakrishna Paramahamsa Ji has said, 
it has to always be thou thou that is exactly what deepak is living he is not saying amma amma i me myself no it is thou the guru has to be put first everything is him after that only me that is the beauty here that is what is being taught here so he is saying to his guru can i ask for this dreadful disease to be cured the guru instantly flared into a rage and said he should not seek any favor from any one for the redress of his suffering he said he will have to expiate his karma by his own suffering only deepak went back and told lord shiva that he had nothing to seek from him brahma and vishnu also later appeared before deepak and they too offered him boons pleased with his guru bhakti at the behest of the guru he turned down the offer of these gods too then the god said when we the supreme gods who are higher than any being are graciously offering you boons is it not foolish of you to listen to the perverse behests of your guru and spurn down the blessed opportunity that comes to you can you imagine this kind of devotion it's very rare indeed it's not so easy to develop when you can make your guru your life because the guru wears everything out for you it is so beautiful to be like deepak it's an example why is this story being narrated so that we live you know these lessons so we understand what it means to be the highest disciple of a guru what is the guru bhakti that one needs to have it is not it's it's very nice to say oh i have a guru i have a guru i am spiritual but if you don't live any of these it's no use you know today it's become a glamorous word it's a fad word oh i am spiritual what is spiritual mean yoga and meditation what kind of idiots are there i don't understand yoga meditation that is not spirituality spirituality means to understand i am not the body i am the spirit and here the guru is the doorway to god to understanding that to realizing that truth the only way is through guru because he is the medium without a guru you cannot attain your spiritual being and here it is being taught how do you be the best disciple the highest disciple with your guru and what kind of guru bhakti you need to have that is what is being explained here through this beautiful story an anecdote when we the supreme gods who are higher than any being are graciously offering you boons it is not foolish of you to listen to the perverse behests of your guru and spurn down the blessed opportunity that comes to you deepak replied pardon me sirs there is none equal to my guru guru is higher than even the highest gods what i ever yearn for is only my guru's grace and not the favor of anyone else this is the bhakti you need to have please remember this is his test to see what what level of bhakti he has how much knowledge has he you know imbibed and what kind of faith does he have in his guru is demonstrated by this whatever i ever yearn for is only my guru's grace and not the favor of anyone else if you are still keen on granting me some boon please bless me that my devotion to my guru will only grow more and more and will never slacken and waver how sweet that is what you have to ask that let my devotion unto the lotus feet of my guru ever grow and grow and never slack even at whatever time even for a moment and my faith in my guru has to be the highest that is the boon you have to ask 
the gods blessed him accordingly and disappeared actually veda dharma wanted only to test deepak's steadfastness and devotion for this he put him to the severest of tests when deepak thus defied even the gods veda dharma was much pleased this is what will please your guru he wants to see how much do you stand the faith in the guru and what kind of single pointed devotion do you have this is exactly what will evolve make you evolve see because spirituality it cannot be put on a weak foundation the foundation must be strong it has to be that unshakable mount meru only then can the temple be built on that not otherwise the disease was not real it was just assumed by him for the purpose of testing the faith of his disciple and to give to prosperity an example of supreme power of guru bhakti oh my god why do these great teachers teach in this manner is because they want to give impart the word what kind of guru bhakti one should have how should you you know show devotion to your guru how should your learning be this is what you have to aspire in life not become a crass human being and go into gutter even after your guru if you can't live this lesson then please go into your material world no use in having the guru don't keep saying i have a guru it's become a fad having a guru today everybody is seeking something but what they want to they don't want to overcome their desires they want to give it to the desires and the guruji has to help today to satisfy the desires this is what we have arrived into this kali yuga veda dharma then gave up the disease and became perfectly well he embraced deepak he lauded him for his steadfast devotion to the guru even under the severest of trials and tribulation veda dharma endowed on deepak all the knowledge of scriptures and the highest wisdom and all the siddhis he blessed him thus you will flourish as a chiranjeevi forever in this holy kashi lord vishveshwara will ever be at your side whoever thinks of you will be rid of all their doubts and will enjoy all prosperity and attain enlightenment deepak became as enlightened as his own illustrious guru himself was and came to be also known as sandeepak or samadeep samdeepak this is the truth of the story so only when your guruji is pleased when your gurudev is pleased then he confers that knowledge unto you he wants to give you everything that he has and make and you become like him yesterday we were saying one of in in one of the um, not in one of the paras it was mentioned only the guru can make you like him nobody else but first for him to make you like that you have to become the clay in his hands so that he can mold you but if you are going to have your ego arrogance the you know the mind bond you know attachment to the body desires all that you cannot so surrender is a very important lesson first is faith second here we also learn the surrender aspect and the next most important thing is that love and the steadfast devotion the devotion is not wavering you know how what does it means it means you are going to have devotion to your guru if he gives you something if he you know makes miracles in your life or if it cures your mother your father or some whatever that desire you have he fulfills that you will say oh my guruji is great but what happens later you still have the same steadfast devotion no it wavers so where is it 100% it's always 99.99% and that's no use it's equivalent to zero absolute faith 
The surrender has to be complete. Deepak was subservient to his guru. No matter what his guru did, he was very calmly, with all love and patiently serving his guru to his highest ability. That is called Guru Bhakti. That is called Seva unto the lotus feet of the Guru. Today, this kind of a disciple is very rare indeed. Please remember. So, if you have this kind of, if you have the opportunity to serve a real master like this, have this devotion, steadfast devotion. Don't waver in your faith. The gods will come and grant you boons. Don't fall for that. That is all Maya. Please remember, what did Deepak say? My Guru is the highest than and greater than any god. So what can any God can give me boon? But what is the boon that he asked? If at all you want to give me the boon, please give me the boon which, which, in which I, my devotion unto the lotus feet of my Guru grows more and more at every moment in time. Such is what his ask was. So he didn't ask anything for himself. But he said, my Guru's grace has to be always on my head. Such is what you need to ask. Always seek for this grace. That is what will take you in the long run. Let me tell you, nothing else you ask from him is going to be valid. That You will get something, you will be happy now, next moment you are going to have a misery because every desire, anything that is connected to the material world is only transient. It is impermanent. So always seek that which is permanent in your life. Don't run after material worldly existence trying to please your sensual pleasures. Don't go in that direction. It is not going to take you anywhere. So with that, we end this chapter. So here ends the second chapter of Sri Guru Charitra. Glory, find Guru Bhakti and the supremacy of the Guru over all gods. Glory to the all-merciful, the omnipresent and the ever-responsive Guru Nanak. So I hope you enjoyed today's lesson. It is a very important lesson. Please embed it in your heart and you will evolve on your path of spirituality. So thank you for joining Sri Guru Charitra Parayan. Wishing you all a very happy Wednesday. Have a wonderful day ahead. See you all tomorrow morning at the same time. Om Shri Mahaganapate Namaha Om Shri Gurudev Datta Om Shri Sachidananda Sadguru Sainath Maharaj Ki Jai Om Namo Bhagavade Vasudevaya Digambara Digambara Shri Padvallabha Digambara Om Shri Krishna Guru Nathanata Shri Guruve Namaha Om Devi Durgaya Namaha Om Shri Krishna Atmanam Namastu Krishna Mande Jagat Gurum